Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. Well, I'm Jason Evans, and wearing his Wolfman costume across the table from me is the one, the only, Kyle Lee. Kyle, how was your Reformation Day just a few days ago? It was very holy. Very holy. Yes. How did you spend it? Well, you, as you know, scientifically proven that the space between this reality and the afterlife is way thinner mm-hmm. Razor on thin. All Hallows' Eve, and so... I spent most of my night um, um, dabbling in the dark arts and um, trying to make my way over to the other realm to uh, find my grandpa and uh, reconnect him with with his family so that he's not forgotten forever. Well, Kyle. That may or may not be the plot for Coco, but... (laughs) You know, I was sitting here thinking one of two things. Either I've heard this story before, or I think we just have a new podcast spinoff. <laughs> yes, it's called The Dark Arts. <laughs> the Dark Arts with Kyle Lee, um, part of the Creating Initiative Podcast Network. <laughs> uh, no, that, is, that is, sounds like a very familiar uh, plot device, though. Coco is a great movie. You know, oh, it's a wonderful movie. It was it was both like technologically stunning. You know, the visuals were just unbelievable. But then the story, I mean... Yeah, made me want to put up pictures of all my relatives. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't make you appreciate, like, that, you know, heritage. Like, so did you prepare an ofrenda? Uh, we have not. We have not yet. Um, but we do have a man in our in our neighborhood who, uh, he went all out for Halloween. He always does. He put, like, the mummy in his front yard driving a lawnmower over a kid who fell out of a basket. Um, and uh, about every 12 minutes during trick-or-treating, you could hear screams coming from his house. So uh, he he really goes all out for uh, October 31st. Yeah, one time I worked at a corn maze. Oh, yeah? Um, for Halloween. Like, was it week. a haunted corn maze or well, just a corn maze? It's a corn maze. And so during that week, they do like the, like the scary yeah. whatever. So I was a scarecrow. And so it kind of like just stand there stiff and then, uh, um, jump out at people. Yeah. And then so one time I was like, well, it'd be really believable if I was like tipped over, like laying down like scarecrow, like someone tipped me over. Yeah. And so I did that. I'm laying on the ground and person walked by and I kind of like grabbed their leg and, uh, they stepped on my face Oof. and I was wearing this mask, like the scarecrow mask and it cut my face and, uh. That's why you shouldn't do anything on Halloween. You shouldn't celebrate Halloween, <laughs> That's right. guys. That is right because you pure may, evil. You may get stepped on in the face. Well, uh, besides Reformation Day on October thirty first, we are also in the midst of our create gatherings. If you were in Oklahoma City last night, uh, thank you for coming. We hope you had a great time, and uh, Jordan did a great job. And if you are in the Tulsa area, don't forget you can come to Victory Church tonight at seven o'clock and uh, we'll we'll be doing the same thing again we'll have refreshments Jordan Ferris will be sharing and it will be a wonderful wonderful evening uh, Kyle um, wasn't it just great last night it was so good was, the insomnia cookies oh man they they were something else mm. Mm. they were good well uh, Kyle uh, as we as we get the show rolling today you have a something new for us that is mind-blowing um, it is like just the the revelation of all revelations Just really couldn't believe it so I've been tasked with um, we're re we're remodeling our kids auditorium and so I've been 
tasked with coming up with some stage lighting and some some new lights and whatnot projector. And so I've been looking on Amazon, just some uh, different lights that we've bought in the past, um, budget-friendly lights. And as I'm scrolling through, it gives me a suggestion. And it is a bottle of Amazon Basics Full Synthetic SAE 5W30 motor oil. Wait, so it's not just motor oil. It is Amazon. Yeah, that's the thing. So you can buy anything off Amazon. Yeah. I can't believe they're making their own branded motor oil. That is that is something. Amazon Basics motor oil. Yeah. Which so, I'm going to start buying. Are you going to start buying? Can my you get car, like- My car burns extra oil. And so every I always have to keep a deal of oil in my car because every once in a while my little dash will say stop now oil low like it it will say that it like flashes up in the like meep 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 on my uh on my dash it's like stop the car now and uh doesn't say it out loud i have to be able to read to see that's what it's saying but it it's uh, i mean plenty of exclamation points and so so you can get a six pack for 21 dollars I mean that's competitive. That's comparable. I want. They're quartz. They're, they're Six quartz. quartz. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always get the jumbo, dude. The uh, well, yeah. if you've got to have it, have it ready. I mean, at the a good thing notice. is though, I don't ever change my oil now because I'm constantly refilling it constantly with new oil. Refill- and you know, and that's that's really all you have to do, right? Yeah, I'm sure there's an oil filter in there somewhere, but I'm not about to be persuaded by Big Auto to buy all this extra stuff for my car yeah because why should you need to do that yeah um that is that is amazing though you can get your motor oil and i mean now you can just tell alexa to order motor oil just like you could tell her to to order toilet paper you know so, so crazy i'm now i'm just like searching through the amazon basics like you can see the seller yeah and so i'm just looking through everything else they sell and that is something else that amazon you know they are they're really something Pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, that is something new brought to you by Kyle Lee. Super, super useful for... Super useful. If you need your uh, motor oil on one or two day shipping, then you can get it now at Amazon. And I'm sure it's high quality. Um, it has to be right. There's one thing I strive to do. It's to put AutoZone out of business. Yeah. And so... So they're on your hit list as well. So it was Sonic two weeks ago. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love AutoZone. AutoZone. I went into AutoZone a couple of weeks ago. My car was doing something funny that I'd had repaired two years ago. I'd had, there's like four, four pieces in there and um, I needed one of them replaced and I couldn't remember what these things were called. And so when it started happening again, I was like, I remember that I had to have this thing replaced. I don't know what it is. There's four of them. And this lady that worked at AutoZone was like, oh, it's probably this. And she just knew it right off the top of her head. Yeah sent me to the stuff. I replaced it myself. She showed me exactly how to do it. So good for you, AutoZone. Well, it seems to me like you should be supportive. Yeah. That's something that Amazon will not do for you. Not yet. Until one day they're going to send their little robots down to your house to change your oil. I'm thinking what could be good for Amazon in those next, the next steps with those uh, drones and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, because one thing that hasn't been hit by the online retailer search, you know, retail stores, they're getting hit, you know, they're shutting down. I was just listening to a thing on NPR talking about how, um, 
in some of like the most high end places of New York, the retail is like 30% vacant. Wow. Just vacant buildings. And so because of online, but they are talking about the one thing that hasn't been hit are like nail salons, Mm -hmm. haircutting places, stuff like that. So I think Amazon would be wise to start developing a drone that come down Edward Scissorhands (laughs) style (laughs) and just give you a haircut. Yeah. And I think that if that happens, Jeff Bezos, I should get some money for that. You you need a royalty. Yeah. You need at least a trillion. He is a trillionaire. That's true. That is true. Um, Well, speaking of trillionaires, we have a great guest coming up on the show. He is not a trillionaire, but he is a great guest. And so we're going to take a quick break and then uh, we'll be back with our special guest. Hey, welcome back to the Create Initiative Podcast. On today's show, we have a special guest, Mike Dyson. Tyson. Um, no, not Tyson. That that would be a big get, although I don't know if it would necessarily speak to the... Oh, Mike Dyson, the world. creator and founder of Dyson Vacuum. Yes, uh, it was actually his father was the, the founder, uh. but um, no... <laughs> No, Mike Dyson, uh, he is down in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, and he serves at a church plant called the House Church there in Paul's Valley. And so uh, today we talk about what it's like serving at a church plant in a volunteer capacity and trying to develop and create a creative culture um, 100% as a volunteer and 100% where that culture did not previously exist. And so we had a great, great talk and uh, we hope you enjoy it. So here is our interview with Mike Dyson. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and, and what you're currently doing? So um, my day job, I'm a, a licensed professional counselor. So I do therapy with uh, mainly children and um, teenagers. And so I work a lot with families. That's my day job. And uh, kind of as far as what I do, um, in my church role, my wife, Prayer Samurais, that's our church prayer team. Um, we, we wear battle armor on occasion. But uh, now we, <laughs> we believe men go, go into battle in, in the form of prayer. Uh, in addition to that, though, I'm, man, you know, we, we're in a season right now where a lot of, pretty much everything is on a volunteer basis. Uh, but I'm, I just consider myself a creativity slinger, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I like to dream up all sorts of craziness to, uh, you know, to fuel our mission of reaching souls in our community. But and most of what I find myself doing, I was writing and directing videos for sermon series, uh, you know, campaigns for the church announcements. Uh, I'll tell you one thing we just finished doing uh, was a music video for our building campaign, which is called More Than a Building. And basically, you know, we have this new facility that we want to build and it's more than a building, you know, it's about souls, it's about the stories that have yet to be told. But uh, one evening I was, man, I was inspired to rewrite the words to the, to the Boston song, More Than a Feeling. <laughs> of course, we all know that. Um, so the land that we're going to build on and we filmed our worship team dressed in 1970s outfits and, you know, they were jamming out and performing it. We had, we had drones shooting footage, but, uh, and it was just a fun way to introduce the building campaign and, yeah. you know, what we're about to bargain. So you're helping serve at your church, the House Church in Paul's Valley. Um, what What's going on with the church and, and, and what is it like uh, helping, volunteering, like you said, at a church plant? 
first of all, we have an amazing lead pastor, uh, Brandon Henry, who, you know, he empowers people to use their gifts and talents. That's what's so awesome. He allows us to have all sorts of creative freedom. Um, but man, it's fun and exciting to be a part of a group who are pretty much creating everything from scratch, you know? Yeah. Everything's new. Um, there's, there's no predetermined guidelines to fit into precursors, you know, because we're in the infancy stage of the church. So, and I'd say in a church plant, everything's a, a little bit loosely knitted in the beginning. And it's cool because we get to try new things, yeah. which also means we get to fail at things, you know. <laughs> um, I, there's probably a couple of examples I give. You probably wouldn't be opposed to hearing a few failures. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Everybody. Um, man, the, the one that sticks out the most is on our actual, our official launch day. We attempted to launch a rocket because I thought, you know, that's a perfect figurative, you know, figurative way to cap off this awesome experience we're about to have. So the night before I, I spent like, I'm telling you like four hours building this insanely intricate rocket. Okay. And, you know, Pastor Brandon really, you know, he really built up to this moment. He spoke some serious you know, spiritual significance into this launch. So everybody filed out after the church on the cold morning that it was and, you know, gathered around the rocket like it was a Christmas tree. <laughs> and uh, I initiated the countdown, you know, 10, 9, 8, all the way down to 1, and everybody said blast off, and there was nothing. And, like, the wind, you know, it's Oklahoma, so the wind was giving us some problems. Yeah. So I made some adjustments, yeah. did the countdown again, still nothing. So at this point, everybody's freezing, excitement's fading. Tried one more time. This time we started from three <laughs> to one. And, and there's there's a failure to launch. Yeah, I apologized to everyone and then went and hit under a rock. Yeah. But, uh, man, to, like, to this day, there's this kid. Well, not to this day. For about a year, there's a kid that asked me nearly every Sunday if we were which just rubbed the salt and the wound each time. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, obviously it's kind of a funny story to look back on now. I'm sure you, you did want to hide under a rock, uh, when it didn't work, but, um, you know, when you think about those failures that were early and even the things that maybe, uh, you're embarking on now, what, can you think of anything that you're, you learned from that or from a different failure? That's like, because of this, I know how to move forward in, into this new place. Yeah. Um, man, I would like to just had a a test rocket for that particular experience. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think I'm just learning that, I mean, it's so it's okay to take risks, you know, and we need to take risks. Um, having a pastor that's welcoming of that planning is always important as well. You don't want to just throw something together at the last minute, although we, we have to do that sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I just, I just learned a lot about the process and, just trying to glean as much as I can from that situation and reflect on it, you know, not just say, all right, let's just, let's just move on, but actually reflect on it, you know, some, ask some questions, um, in a group like, you know, would we do well and what could we have done better for the next time? Yeah. And I think that's a great, great question to ask in those scenarios for sure. Yeah. There's okay. So there's one more. Um, we, we did this, we did this wild and crazy love series. Uh, yeah. It's called wild and crazy love. Um, our worship team, they learned this awesome new song. I don't know if you heard of it. It's, uh, Your Love is Wild by Zealand Worship. Mm. You heard that? No, I, it, I'm not familiar with really, it. Yeah, so it, it's called Your Love is Wild by Zealand Worship. Um, it's a cool song, but they were, man, they were rocking it out. Um, and right before the big payoff of the song, 
um, I thought it would be cool to shoot a huge confetti cannon to the crowd. So I was standing there and bam, the payoff hit, shot the cannon to the crowd and quickly realized that, man, it barely made it into the second row. And but the worst part, <laughs> the worst part about it was I think like 80% of the confetti blasted an older gentleman in the first row. Oh, So it was like in his mouth, he's spitting it out. <laughs> I feel so bad, but, uh, you know, it makes me wonder if I should ever be in charge of anything that could mouth. But, uh, man, it's just it's a lot of fun trying new things and just kind of trying to add to the experience and, and have a little fun with it. But, and overall, I just appreciate a pastor that lets us experiment with those kinds of things despite, you know, potential failure. Yeah. Um, and that is always, I think, whether you're in a church plant scenario or a longtime church or, or even working outside of the church world, having a leader who, who will allow creatives to create um that's always a positive even even if there are failures uh but but as mentioned as long as you can learn from those failures um you know so that that kind of leads me into my next question is i wanted to talk about you know when when you when you are faced with you know volunteering your time as a creative for a church that that is is building and developing itself along with its creative culture and and all that that kind of thing, um, what are what are some of the challenges that you, that you see that you've come across in trying to create this creative culture in, in a church? Yeah, so uh, man, it, it some of the challenges are in, in the beginning. You know, you have the you have that freedom to just to kind of create whatever you want. You know, it's it's really loose. You're kind of creating everything from scratch and you know if there's just kind of the queen they're kind of doing everything you know they're wearing all the hats and and doing everything creatively so I think that starts to become you make those creative aspects your baby you know yeah um and you know it's hard to let go of your baby but you know as the ministry grows as the attendance grows you have lots of other people who have creative gifts creative gifts too that you want to plug in so uh and we had to start developing a different mentality that incorporates a larger team approach. Um, you know, because we go grow and expand, it's still a team of volunteers. You know, they're not people who are paid solely to perform that function in the church. You're relying on people who you're relying on people to deliver each week that are outside of their normal day job. Yeah. You know, so in the day jobs, they're, they're volunteering. So we're counting on those people to, to get the job done, but we're recognizing more and more that we can't operate like we did when we had 100 people. So our, our systems are, you know, they're constantly having to evolve, evolve, and that's just part of the growing pains of, you know, a church plan. It, it, it's exciting, but we just have to develop a more streamlined process and a definitive system in place to function with more moving parts. Each of us, we have kind of our niche. And but we have to start narrowing our niche as we get more leaders and, and more volunteers because that's where we're about. We're about training up people and discipling, reproducing leaders. And for us, that's it's because we got to do that quickly because our church is expanding so rapidly. Yeah. And, and you know, also when you have volunteers, it's just trying to determine when is the right time to start paying that first creative staff person, you know, when is the right time? So those are just kind of some of the things that we're wrestling with right now. Well, I mean, I think those are, those are great 
things to have to wrestle with, especially with a relatively new church. That's always something. Um, those are the good things to have to wrestle with. But it sounds like you you're you're trying to target uh, ways to to go about them, and that 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 is always a good thing. And and you know you've you've talked about the growth of the church. Um, you know, in, in a town like Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, people, uh, may not be super familiar with the town. Uh, how, how large is the, the community? Yeah. So Paul's Valley is a little over 6,000 people. Okay. I guess the census last year was around, I don't know, 62, 63. Okay. Um, well, so pretty small rural town. Yeah. Um, kind of South central Oklahoma. Um, what, uh, kind of knowing the community that you're in and, and the, and the way your church has grown in the last, you know, a little bit over a year, um, would you attribute any of that growth or can, can you, I don't want you to, to, you know, flex your own muscles or anything, but I mean, how has the creative vibe of your church aided in the growth? Uh, how would you say that those things have, have worked together? And I think obviously, you know, God's doing amazing things, you know, in our church, we believe in, you know, have a foundation of prayer and, and beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. As a, as a rural town, you know, there's a lot of traditional churches um, and smaller churches in our town. So I think kind of what we're doing, we're just, we're really next generation focused, you know? Yeah. Um, so we're technology, um, next generation thinking, we're not your ordinary small town church. We just, and man, we also believe that social media is, I uh, would say the new front door to the church. We just try to realize that, and the next generation is out there and they're already getting this media in the secular society now. So we need to be, we need to be on the same level. You know, yeah. we need to be moving forward and, and constantly evolving as well. And that has to be our approach to ministry is being creative. You know, we're, um, we're vying for the attention of, of the mass media and the church, you know, it doesn't have to be boring or bland. We can deliver the same message that transforms lives, but do so in a relevant and unique way. And yeah, we just have to have to do that in a rapidly changing society. But, you know, bottom line is that we're always pointing people to Jesus and, and keeping him the center. Well, and that's the, that, that's definitely the good thing. Um, that if you can say you're, you're always pointing people to Jesus. Um, so, you know, talking about those new technologies and social media being the front door of the church, um, what, what are ways that you've specifically targeted social media? Uh, you know, was it, are there certain campaigns you mentioned your building campaign? Are there ways you're trying to really use social media to, to, to get people outside the church to look inside the church? You know, just utilizing social media and, and talking about the importance of it, you know, back in the day, Paul, he would probably love to have had social media, you know, um, it would have saved him a lot of time and, and effort, but it's actually something that we did a little while back. It was called uh, the series was entitled hashtag share Jesus and basically just emphasizing the importance of, of social media. You know, there's, we have this tool at our fingertips every single day, you know, our phone, which is a small computer. And man, if we we're trying to get the gospel message out there, we should people to show up at our door every single Sunday to hear the message, you know, yeah. um, we, we have social media, you know, that goes out all over the world. So we have to be, utilizing that so we use the hashtag share jesus as a campaign you know for people to 
start posting more scriptures or just um, spiritual insight that they glean throughout the week because they each person has a network of, of followers and family and friends, you know, that see these posts. So we and we absolutely have to be uh, utilizing that to, uh, to show what God's doing in our lives. I think that's cool. And that's a simple step. It doesn't ask too much from your from your church audience um, to just use that hashtag or something like that. Um, I still get, I mean, yeah, Mike, I still get blown away by adding a hashtag on an Instagram shot or a Twitter uh, post and how many random people that are outside of my uh, audience bubble, how many people see that hashtag and will comment, you know, like it, it, it blows my mind how hashtags work. And, and I'm, I'm an old man when it comes to this kind of stuff, but yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's just a simple, simple step uh, to, to get people to, to engage. Uh, I love that. Just hashtag share Jesus. Um, well, Mike, I, I want to kind of focus on you, uh, for a second with it, with a couple questions and talk about your process. Um, and, and you, uh, you, you said, um, that, that you tend to write and, and develop a lot of these ideas. And I know just in conversations with you in the past year, you, you really, really enjoy content creation. Um, where did that kind of joy come from for you? And, uh, how, how have you, how how have you developed it over the years? Man, I've, I've just always been a person that has, you know, seems ideas a day, you know, that come to me. And, um, you know, my mom was, she, she was creative as well. My sisters, they were, they were good artists. And, um, that's just something that's, um, kind of, kind of been in the family. And I just, and I had a big imagination. I enjoyed writing stories, uh, writing songs and, and just, started to see uh started to see the um i don't know impact that it could have not only just in school and other areas but also in church and you know drama human videos all yeah. that stuff in church and man i just enjoyed doing it because what i saw was that it inspired people and um it, it was really moving to other people and I, i'm a guy i like to be by movies and music. So in the same sense, I like to move people as well to action, you know, by, by way of some form of creative medium. Um, and man, and I just, I, I like to get out and just be mindful of the things around me, you know, get in nature, um, travel a little bit and just try and be inspired by, you know, God's creation and just everything around me. And through that, um, run it through this, uh, a spiritual filter, you know, like, okay, yeah, how apply this to to my own life and where's that spiritual meaning in all of it so I, I have a you know several flash drive full of ideas that maybe I'll get to someday uh, you know I, I use the heck out of Evernote yeah <laughs> but I'm always writing things down though so at least I'll, I'll have them to come back to at some point in time yeah you're trying to handle you have you have a day job you're volunteering at church you enjoy doing creative things just kind of on your own. You, you do your own creative uh, company on the side. You've got all these these irons in the fire. Um, what are some, some either practical processes or tools that you use to knock out your daily to-do list? Uh, yeah, so our, our church, um, we use Basecamp to collaborate, you know, assign and check off tasks, et cetera. So uh, I use that to kind of be organized, you know, and to work uh, as a team and and the the mornings are where I just and everybody's different. My schedule didn't used to be like that, but in the mornings I have a little bit 
a time now to where I can just kind of pray, pray and do a devotion and maybe write a short to-do list um, for my day. Um, I, you know, I have my calendar on my phone, but man, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of an old school sticky note to-do list guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I just like physically writing things down and being able to visually see them in my own handwriting because I think that helps me remember them better. Yeah. And then actually being able to cross them out just because it gives me that sense of completion, you know? Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Yet I leave a ton of sticky notes in my wake, which, you know, my wife loves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But but no, I think getting your morning started in the right way, you know, in the right spirit is, is a big part of it. And, um, kind of checking in with yourself throughout the day and, you know, how am I doing with my to-do list and um, what do I need to work towards? And I have to do that because, you know, I have several different ideas that come to me or things. And if I if I don't complete one first, then I'll just have this big backlog of things that are undone, kind of like my nightstand of, of books you know, incomplete that I've started on but haven't finished. Well, Mike, uh, just as we conclude this interview, I'd love to ask you if you have any uh, words of encouragement for fellow creatives who are serving in the local church. And be creative in everything you do, you know, not just your comfortable craft, you know, and niche you're in. Get outside that and experience other type of mediums. Um, You know, be creative from Sunday prep to what you do there to building things with your kids, you know, and enhancing your relationship with your wife. Just be creative in all those aspects and explore you know that helps spark new inspiration go to conferences gatherings see what others are doing you know um like to create initiative he didn't pay me to say that though by the way and uh i guess as a believer to make your creative process a spiritual process um i know we can get too busy sometimes in the creative aspect of it that that becomes maybe our our fulfillment or motivation but always remember you know the why behind that and checking in with yourself and your spirit and maybe maybe just praying over that and telling you know asking God to bless it and to prepare the hearts of the people that are about to you know see it or receive it and you know and just keeping in mind everything we do and it just comes down to being about souls it's I think you know, every Sunday, people's eternities are on the line. So that, that's something we have to be mindful of. And We want to thank Mike again for being part of the Create Initiative podcast. And uh, he, he loves to come to the Create Initiative gathering. So when you see him, uh, make sure to go say hi to him. And uh, he would love to connect with you. He is a, a great dude, Kyle. I'm sure he loves it when people come up and act like they're about to like box them too, like yeah. joking around. I'm sure, you know, cause he grew up, you know, he's similar to, he's, he's our age. So he, he grew up in a time when like, you know, Mike Tyson, he probably played Mike Tyson's knockout uh, or punch out. Was it punch out on the Nintendo? I didn't have Nintendo. Oh. Um, but you know, so he probably really lived into it uh, as a kid, but, uh, anyway, uh, Mike's a great guy. We, we thank him for being on the show. Well, Kyle, we need to get out of here, but before we go, we want to remind everybody that if you were in the Tulsa area and you're hearing this before 7 p.m. 
on Tuesday, November 6th, you can still make it to our Create Initiative gathering. Uh, so come check it out. It'll be a great time. Jordan Ferris will be sharing. And if you're hearing this after 7 p.m., you blew it. You missed the boat. That's all we can say. You missed the boat. But at least you listen to the show. So that's yeah. kind of a minor win. Um, and we hope you continue to listen. And we hope you tell all your friends, tell your parents, tell your teachers, tell your pastors, tell anybody and everybody about how awesome uh, Kyle Lee is in his Wolfman costume. Anything to add, Kyle? You're no, I agree with all of that. You agree with all of it. Well, uh, we need to get out of here. Uh, this is the end of another episode of the Create Initial Podcast. But until next time, please be safe. Enjoy your holidays. We will have another episode come out right before Thanksgiving, Kyle. Mm. That's going to be a fun one. And yeah, make sure to tune in because I will be giving five holiday tips on how to have the best Thanksgiving of all time. That's like, I can't wait for that. I'm yeah. Just sitting here thinking, man, you've got a lot of work to do. No, I already know him. Oh, you know him? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so tune in in the next episode. Kyle will have his five tips. We hope you've had a great time. We'll see you next time. For Kyle Lee, I'm Jason Evans, and happy November.